We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. More memories are made when you're there for live NFL action. And when you need tickets, Ticketmaster's got you covered. As the official marketplace of the NFL, Ticketmaster gives you more ways to find your perfect seat. Their interactive seat map gives you 360-degree previews of your section to make sure you have the best view of those pivotal plays. And if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. Plus, mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze. And you can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors. Find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com NFL. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Week 5 edition of the Prime Points Show here on Roto-Grinders. I am Britt Devine, joined by my good friends. They have returned uh, from the abyss. Uh, we've got Graham Barfield. We've got Jake Tribby uh, back from Fantasy Points. Uh, guys, we went we went to the very top last week. We went and got Scott Barrett. Uh, glad to see both of you guys are, are back feeling good, uh, both a little under the weather. Uh, with one of If one of you was sick, the other, we could we could just do this when both of you the emergency lights were going off but uh glad to ha- glad to have both of you back this week uh, i'll start off with you Brent. yeah good to be back uh yeah i was super bummed to miss the show last week i basically died monday night jake had covid uh but we're all back we're all back together and i'm i'm excited for week five man this is this is like the time of year jake where i feel like we have the biggest edge we've got four games we got a month's worth of data to work with here and like I feel pretty good about where we can find signal. So I feel, I feel really good about this week. Yeah. Jake, I'm with you. Jake, it's uh Graham said data. Uh, I, let's start right off of this. Uh, there's something big going on at fantasy points. Last, last I checked it's free 99 this week. Correct. Oh, yep. it is free 99. Love that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Free 99 gets you in a free trial. I mean, you can, you don't even have to have a login this week. You just hit data.fantasypoints.com. All the tables are open and you can check it out. There's no reason yeah. not to. Yeah, in such a pivotal week, I can't believe we made the data tool free. I was begging corporate not to do it, but they uh, <laughs> they opted to do it for marketing purposes. And yeah, I think that's something that everyone should take advantage of. Because if you didn't want to pay the fifty dollars, which is already you know a great deal, um, 
you can check it out for free. You know, no, no worries if you don't like it, which I think is pretty much impossible to not like the data tools. Uh, so yeah, it's 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 a killer deal. I I can't believe it's free this week. I mean, all, all every serious DFS player I've talked to is just like obsessed with it. So I mean, seriously, if you're if you're into DFS, even you know twenty thirty dollars a week, it's free this week. No reason for you to check it out. It really is incredible suite of tools. So. Yeah, we're going to dig into, uh, we got the O-line, D-line, I think Jake's going to go over, and we're going to look at some uh, really deep in the weeds uh, receiving metrics. Uh, we'll talk about those just a little bit later on in the show. Uh, but guys, let's uh, start with our takeaways of the week. Uh, Graham, let's go to you first. You know, with four weeks of data, with performances on the field over the past couple of weeks, like you said, we, we are starting to get enough data we're starting to get enough for the tape grinders being able to see what's actually going on in the field here. Do you have a generalization from week four from the season? What's really got your eye right now? Yeah, a few, a few things have my eye right now. The main one to me, and I, I wrote this up on Monday, is like Lamar Jackson is back to being like the QB1 type of upside in fantasy. I mean, one of the fallouts from J.K. Dobbins' injury is Lamar's back to being like the goal line back, which is just so it's so sick for fantasy. Like, you know, he's he's obviously pretty efficient through the air, not super high volume. Uh, but him getting all these goal line and design carries is just like absolutely massive for fantasy for him. And it's kind of extending to Mark Andrews. I think I, I put I pointed this out maybe after week two when Andrews got back, but I think Andrews has like the tight end one upside, and that's ex an extension from Lamar. Uh, this offense is you know still a work in progress. No Rashad Bateman, no Eldell Beckham, but once those two get back, yeah, I fully expect the Ravens to uh, to really pick up. And again, Lamar QB one. Uh, Alvin Kamara this past week, <laughs> thirteen passes for thirty three yards is like the fewest by far. Uh, receiving yards that any players ever had with that many receptions. That being said, the background usage was was awesome for Kamara. 75% snap share right out of the gates. Coming back from a, sus a suspension, Tony Jones was playing ahead of Kendra Miller once again this week. Uh, I, I really like Kamara. This season is like a back-end RB1 for fantasy. I, I know he's an older back. We're seeing some of these older backs like Dalvin Cook fall off the cliff, but I think Alvin Kamara uh, profiles as a as a back end fantasy RB one still. The big question with the Saints moving forward is like Derek Carr's health. Like you know, Alvin Kamara's got this great role, but I think Carr's health is a huge concern. The only people that were happy to see Derek Carr play were Alvin Kamara uh, fantasy managers for sure. With in PPR <laughs> leagues specifically, the standard leagues, I uh, didn't get as much for him with what like thirty something yards, uh, but all those receptions certainly added up. Uh, Jake, what are you looking at over the past couple of weeks? Week four. Uh, this is it's a it's a pretty dark week of DFS. We'll talk about that. You're not going to like your lineups that you end up making. Uh, you're you're going to be playing some guys that you, you you know you haven't even given a thought of playing the entire season. We'll get to that in just a little bit. But uh, what are you looking at overall? Yeah, ten game slate with not a lot of obvious value is certainly going to make things interesting from a DFS perspective. Uh, something that I thought was interesting about Alvin Kamara was that even if we exclude last week's game, Derek Carr ranks top three in checkdown rate against man coverage this season. Teams don't check down a lot against man coverage, you know, for obvious reasons. There is someone directly on the running back, um, but. New England runs man coverage at a top three rate. And if Carr keeps checking down against man, and I mean, the shoulder's probably a factor here. Um, Kamara, you know, 10 targets is absolutely on the table at a ridiculously great price. Um, but some other takeaways, like this Atlanta offense, obviously, total disaster for everyone, except for Bijan Robinson, who's first among running backs in route share and fifth in snap share over the last 
two weeks. I believe he's also first in route share over the full season. Um, he's a guy that I'm really going to look to hammer this week at 7,700 over on DraftKings in a great matchup. I'm sure we'll talk about him a little more later. Um, and then also, interestingly, with Derek Carr, and I'm sure you know the shoulder injury does impact this, he's still second in deep passing attempts. And so I'm, st- I'm going to keep taking shots on Chris Olave and Rashid Shahid. Maybe not these next couple weeks, but certainly later in the season if we assume Carr's downfield aggressiveness continues. Um, and, you know, things could get messy with Jeff Wilson potentially returning from IR soon, but Devon Achan is looking like a legitimate league winner. Um, he's first in every single running back efficiency stat. Like I checked all of them. He's first in everything. And I think, you know, the assumption of rational coaching is always a, an iffy one. I, I mean, I know we deal with that a ton as sports betters and DFS players, but Mike McDaniel Sharp. And if HM keeps playing like this, he's going to keep getting fed. Um, had a notable bump in both snap share and route share last week. Granted, it was in a blowout, but I mean, man, he jumps off the screen when you're watching games. Yeah, he's interesting this week, too. We'll pose a question. Miami running backs, right? So it's, it's a pretty horrible week across the board at basically every position. Do you want to take a shot on HM? Uh, against, you know, what should be an absolute blowout game against the Giants, or is it going to be Mostert who does the mop-up duty? We'll have to figure out uh, on that as the week progresses. Uh, a couple takeaways for me. One is Houston has their quarterback, without question. I think we've talked a couple yeah, of times. Uh, this Texans team, they literally – I don't think they have a, an O-line. Another guy went out for the season, I believe, earlier today. They, it doesn't matter. Uh, Stroud looks like a legitimate NFL quarterback. Uh, he's elevating Nico Collins. He's elevating Tank Dell. Robert Woods has a pulse a little bit. Uh, it's it's just a very interesting team. You could have gotten them last week at plus a thousand to win the division. I think that's cut in half this week. Uh, I think that's still a good bet. They look like a, a legitimate team. Uh, a couple other DFS takeaways. I mean, who is playing the Denver Broncos? Right, like this. <laughs> yeah, give a grain of salt. Right, they let that. They let Atlanta sort of. If Atlanta scoring a ton of points on you, right, and I think we can realize that now. And Chicago's putting a ton of points on you. Chicago basically gave them the W last week. Chicago had that game in hand. I don't. Is there any hope? I believe I saw uh, the the old DVOA. They're basically the worst defense in history uh, through four games. Uh, just an absolute atrocity. Uh, the problem is, it's Zach Wilson, uh, the resurgent Zach Wilson, who uh, I, I saw on Twitter. He was the only quarterback to best Mahomes and like yards, touchdowns, and efficiency in Mahomes' entire <laughs> collegiate and professional insane. career. Uh, absolutely insane. But we got Zach Wilson and the Jets going up against uh, the Broncos this week. And you've got uh, Brees Hall, who's alternating single-digit and double-digit carries. Uh, week five would be the double-digit carry week for Brees Hall. Hopefully they maybe give him some more work. We'll have to see how that goes. But you're going to want to be playing – uh, offenses against both Chicago and Denver, basically the entire season. Uh, and I wanted to ask this to you, Graham. Maybe, maybe it, you know, maybe I'll save this for a little bit later when you talk running backs because I have a specific run defense that may or may not be good. And maybe we can get into the weeds on that a, a little bit here. So we'll save that for a little bit. And the other thing I wanted to talk about was just the the Lions D looks legit. legit so the, yeah, the, legit. the lions are like a sneaky super bowl team because they have the offense they're getting jamison williams back goss playing good they've got their better Jamal williams and david montgomery they've got Gibbs. should they ever need to use them theoretically a, a good space player they got a good rookie tight end they've got a solid defense i mean this jamal williams plus role for david montgomery looks to be legitimate we're going to be struggling this week for players give me two touchdowns a couple receptions 
close to 100 yards. I mean, that looks on the table for Montgomery again, and the Lions look legitimate. So uh, maybe a sleeper team to put a Super Bowl bet on as well. So there were a couple of takeaways for me. Uh, with that out of the way, I want to go to our stand segment. Maybe we tease a little bit on something we're going to talk about later in the show. Uh, maybe something we talked about a little bit earlier uh, as a stand I'm taking. Uh, I literally, I looked at the sports bet lines and I literally couldn't believe this team. It, it's a, They're a road dog and the line's not a lot, but there's no way this team should be an underdog given what's been happening so far this year. So that's a little stand I'm going to take a tease for a little bit later in the show. Currently, I am uh, on the sports bets, 9-1-1. One, and one. Uh, You guys were gone for a week, and I lost one. Uh, we're looking to, to get the sweep back. Only 3-0 and o is allowed uh, on this show for me. Uh, Jake, there what's a stand or maybe a tease you want to give for the people later in the show? Yeah, so when I wrote up the, uh, the DFS early look yesterday, I noticed that wide receivers tough. Not a ton of value this week, but the trio of Texans wide receivers all really jump out as just egregiously underpriced. And I think I'm going to take a pretty big stand on the guy who I suspect will be the least popular of the three. Granted, they're all great plays. Uh, Graham, what's going on in your brain for this week? Yeah, we were talking about Lions. We are talking about Lions and how they're legit. I have a stand later in the show and a bet I've... Uh, Thinking, I think I'm going to make actually during the show here of uh, looking at a total in the Lions game, typically a game environment we we want to bet on, uh, but I will be on the other side. We'll talk about that a little later in the betting show. All right, stay tuned for all of those. Let's talk DFS. Uh, Jake, let's go to you and get some of your takes on DFS this week. We mentioned it's an ugly week, right? So we have, but you can get in a Justin Jefferson in a dome against the Chiefs, but. You know, other than quarterback, you can pay up for Mahomes, Zach Wilson against Denver, super cheap. The problem, if you use him, we don't have Christian McCaffrey. We don't have the, I mean, there are some other players, but it's just, a, it's a pretty weak slate overall. And I think unless we get an in-week injury or something pops up on a star player that allows us to play a backup running back in the, you know, mid 4,000s or 5,000s. It's going to be a, a pretty tough week to sit there and stare at your lineup on Sunday morning. Be like, this this is the team. This is the one that's going to win. It, it's it's an ugly week. Uh, you've already wrote your article at Fantasy Points. Uh, what's your main thoughts right now? Yeah, it is. It's definitely a tough week. Ten game slate. Uh, running back is totally empty. Only three guys above 7k Saquon Barkley may not play and to me that makes Bijan Robinson stand out as basically like the Christian McCaffrey of you know this week's slate uh, I already noted his fantastic snap and route share his usage hasn't been you know elite elite not top five usage so far um, but I think we're headed that way especially with how much uh, you know he jumps out just as a talent um, but Houston's an awesome matchup for opposing running backs they're one of the six softest schedule adjusted matchups this year a year after being the single softest schedule adjusted matchup for opposing running backs last year. Um, so yeah, this feels like a great spot for Bijan. I think 7,700 for him feels a lot like paying, you know, 9,000 for a guy like Christian McCaffrey. Um, quarterback's really tough, but the obvious guy who jumped out to me was Anthony Richardson this week. I'm sure everyone's tired of, <laughs> of hearing me talk about Anthony Richardson. I'm pretty sure I brought him up on every show, but he's going to be 8,000 soon. Um, we're getting Jalen Hurts essentially at a $7,000 price tag. Uh, Richardson's averaging 30.3 fantasy points per four quarters. Uh, 2019 Lamar Jackson, who is the greatest fantasy quarterback season of all time, was only at 27.9 fantasy points 
per four quarter per, per four quarters. Uh, QB one Justin Herbert is sitting at twenty three point nine fantasy points per game. So Richardson is looking like he's going to break fantasy as long as he can stay healthy. Uh, you might be a little deterred from the the rushing matchup. You know Tennessee uh, toughest by uh, yards per carry allowed. But that's just going to force Richardson to throw more. And he's averaging 0.8 fantasy points per dropback, which is the best mark we've seen since 2019 Lamar Jackson. So we're getting one of the best rushing quarterbacks we've seen of the last five years at, you know, still too cheap of a price tag. Guys of Anthony Richardson's quality are almost always 8,000. So I'm just going to keep playing him until he hits that price. Um, Beyond that, uh, you know, Tyree Kilvers, Justin Jefferson is going to be a major decision point this week. Um, there really aren't a ton of great like pay up options. I mean, sure, we have Travis Kelsey, but especially with running back being so empty, um, I think Tyree Kilvers, Jefferson is going to be, uh, you know, really tough for a lot of people. Jefferson, of course, is fine playing in a great game environment, but Tyree Kill last year of 131 qualifying wide receivers ranked top four in yards per out run against the Blitz and against man coverage. And what is what do the New York Giants do every single play? They, they blitz you and they run man coverage. I think Ty, Tyreek is going to absolutely eat this week. I mean, you could, of course, make a great argument for Jefferson as well. Uh, but I think, you know, coming off the, the dud performance um, in week four makes a lot of sense to lean into Tyreek this week. Um, also, another interesting note on Tyreek is that he, since joining the Dolphins, has very big divisional splits. 13 fantasy points per game against his own division, 28 fantasy points per game outside of the division. Normally, I think those are pretty noisy, but I mean, the divisional, the teams in Miami's division spend more time than any other team figuring out how to stop Tyree Kill. So I do think there's probably something there. Um, let's see. Beyond that, I mean, man, I, I hate bringing up Zach Ertz, but he's going to pop as like probably the best tight end value of the week. Um, Realistically, though, I mean, tight end is so gross. I was a little interested in Laporta before I saw that he, I think he's 5,000. Um, yeah, Ertz at, Ertz at 3,500 is, is going to be like a, a great floor play. I don't see a ton of ceiling there because he's so inefficient, which probably means that it's just a Travis Kelsey week. Either that or you, you know, you do your best to just full punt. Uh, but yeah, it's an interesting slate for sure. Yeah, tight John, if you would have gotten odds, Graham, of John U. Smith having the most yards of any tight end <laughs> after week four in a single game. I mean, you, I don't even think you could have offered what plus 50,000 plus a hundred, <laughs> like it just an insane I mean, stat line, but that's what's occurred. Dude. I, I, uh, it's just painful. The, the Falcons are just, are just painful. I think this is the second time this season. Smith has, uh, had more receiving yards than, than Kyle Pitts. Yeah. Uh, I, I just want to echo Jake's thoughts on Anthony Richardson. I mean, I, I, we said this two weeks ago, <laughs> like DraftKings, we need to have like a come to Jesus moment with your pricing on Anthony Richardson at 7K. Uh, I, I guess my question for that game is just what kind of Titans do we get? Um, you know, I, I'd love to game stack that game, but uh, man, it's, it's tough playing Titans. Uh, I wanted to just bring up the whole running back position this week. Jay kind of alluded to it uh, as well. Just there's not <laughs> there's there's just a clear like top play at Bijan, and then it's just a big long tier. Uh, two of the guys that kind of stood out to me just on my first pass of research here. One being Joe Mixon at 6400. Uh, I get the Bengals have been atrocious offensively, but Mixon's getting like the highest end of bell cow usage. Uh, we'll we'll go through. Uh, more in the, in the, you know, talking through these running backs here in a, in a second, but I mean, Mixon stood out to me as a, as a clear value based on, on usage. And in that chiefs Vikings game, you know, everybody 
is going to be wanting to play guys from that game. I'm going to be really interested to see what Isaiah Pacheco's ownership uh, shapes out to be. It's, you know, it's only Tuesday. It's six o'clock here. Uh, we really don't know too much, but uh, Pacheco at 5,700, his usage has just gone up and up all four weeks. Uh, in terms of just like situation neutral usage, Pacheco is the clear lead running back. Uh, he's getting, he's gotten pretty much all of the goal line work. He's gotten seven of the eight Chiefs carries inside the 10 yard line. And like, you know, Patrick Mahomes just generates so many chances near the goal line. So uh, to me, Pacheco at 5,700 and Mixon stood out as the top two running back values uh, on the slate so far. Yeah. So I teased this a little bit. And I guess you're not concerned with the Minnesota run defense, who outside of the Eagles game, where yeah. they were literally just like, hey, you can run the ball on us. It's okay. We don't care. They've, they've been pretty stout against the run. Do, do you have any, I mean, maybe we could look at the tools. We can look at anything. It's Tuesday. We haven't dug into it too much. Are you concerned at all that maybe yeah. they're more of a, a pass funnel than a team you want to run against? Well, uh, I, I think it's some of it just opponent driven, right? They paid the Bucks week one. That's not a good running team. Uh, the Chargers in week three without Austin Eckler. Uh, and then they played the Panthers. And, uh, you know, the Panthers have not really been a good running team all year. You know, so the one good running team they played just absolutely diced them. And, I, you know, look, watching that game, it was, it was clear, like the Vikings were just going to play two high safeties. And the Eagles were like, fine, we'll just keep running into these light boxes. We could get a similar type of situation this week. You know, the Vikings just come out and play a bunch of two high like they usually do and the chiefs just try to you know run it a little bit more still chiefs are the number one team in pass rate over expectation really the only reason we're playing pacheco is just he has such a high touchdown equity relative to his cost at 5700 uh a couple of thoughts i have we mentioned elvin kamara what 6300 on DraftKings, full ppr yeah. site you're probably going to want uh to, to take a long look at him in my opinion you're not going to get all those receptions and targets it's probably unlikely to happen again I would probably also say he probably gets more than 33 yards the next time that happens. Have to see how reports are Derek Carr. If you're if you're wanting to use Kamara this week, and Jake, I'll ask you, do you want Derek Carr? He's gonna start, he's still limited, it's all that, or do you want Derek? I'm feeling better. Uh, you know, the injuries coming along. What what do you actually want if you're specifically looking to roster Kamara? Yeah, I think you're you're probably looking at the Saints defense as a as your stacking partner as opposed to Derek Carr. Derek Carr's not never, especially on larger slates, never really a target of mine for DFS. I typically do a, a tweet, like a yearly tweet, that's uh, the percentage of games a quarterback has where he goes over 25 fantasy points. Derek Carr's always at the bottom of that list. Um, one of the one of the worst rates of getting over 25 fantasy points of of any quarterback. Um, and yeah, I mean, given the given the shoulder issues, it's like I I don't feel confident, you know, bringing in Chris Olave or Shahid until we know Carr is truly a hundred percent. So I think I'd rather just bank on the New England offense being incompetent and uh, you know stack Kamara with the with the defense. Or I mean, you can just play him as a one off. I think that's fine too. Graham, what are your thoughts on maybe this Cardinals offense against Cincinnati? And maybe you can even tie into the the Joe Burrow performance against the pass funnel Tennessee Titans. I mean, this was just an epic flop. Burrow. He managed to get through that Rams game, but uh, there was no juice, especially once T. Higgins was out. I mean, this offense, th there was no offense for the Bengals right now. How worried are yeah. you about them? What do you think of this game? Dobbs is is playing pretty well. This Cardinals offense is sort of being able to stay competitive in games. And you've got Connor in maybe not a, a, a full workhorse every down role, but he's getting plenty of touches. You've got Marquise Brown as a wide receiver. You had Michael Wilson ascend as a cheap play this week. 
these are these are guys we're going to be looking at as the week progresses that are going to be coming in. These are the guys people are going to be wanting to play. That's how tough this week is uh, at first glance. It is a tough week. Um, just real quick on the Bengals. You know, I was talking about it a couple weeks ago and maybe the week two or week three show. It's it's not just Burrow's calf, right? Like this offense, passing offense is just like fundamentally broken. Um, you know, they're just there's no downfield element anymore. It's it's not the old, oh, they're just playing too high against the Bengals. Like, no, it's just it's just a broken offense. Uh and you take out T. Higgins, it's it's rough, man. Jamar Chase is gonna get a million targets at 7,900. Again, it's Tuesday. Really interested to see where Chase's ownership looks to be. Um, I just wanted to say Marquise Brown at 5K does stand out as, as a pretty strong value based on volume. Uh, last three weeks, I mean, he's seen a very consistent target share from Josh Dobbs, uh, you know, 10, seven, and I believe 10 targets, um, you know, in this game, you know, we were all hoping that the Bengals bounce back and become, you know, the 2021 Bengals. I, I'm not sure they're ever going to walk through the door. Uh, but you know, this line man was five and a half to six. I think last Friday when I was looking at look ahead lines just for fun, it's now down to three and that gives you a pretty good idea of where the markets value this Bengals team. Uh, and then Jake, What's your thoughts on literally the Jets, right? Because they are going up against Denver. Zach Wilson, 4,900. That, you know, you can do some, if Christian McCaffrey was on the slate, uh, you can, well, they're against the Cowboys. Play the Thursday through Monday slate if you want to get access to someone, actually have some fun lineups. Uh, but, I mean, Garrett Wilson, 6K. Massive targets, not a lot of yards, but it's Denver. Zach Wilson. Showed out against Kansas City. If there's any ascension at all, I mean, it has to be against Denver. This gives you a, a very cheap stacking combo that lets you get access to the Jeffersons, the Tyree Kills, the Bijans, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, no, I think the salary savings make it very compelling. My only problem is that I, I think they're going to project pretty well, and I think that could lead to you know pretty decent ownership here. I wouldn't be surprised if Zach Wilson was one of the top four or five highest-owned quarterbacks of this slate, and given that he's Zach Wilson, that makes me very concerned. Um, I think Richie Smalls left a comment um, saying that, you know, Brees Hall's probably the move of Zach Wilson is chalky, and, and that was my thought exactly. Um, obviously, you know, the workload with Brees is um, – you know, not great, but he's super explosive. There's, you know, there's plenty of room for an uptick in volume. And uh, yeah, he, I don't think people are going to get to him. He won't project super well because of the limited touches. So he's probably the pivot if, if Wilson projects as chalky, but at the same time, I mean, you know, there's, there's always a chance Wilson isn't popular. And, you know, if he ends up sub 5%, I think he's definitely worth a shot in tournaments. Uh, Jefferson or Tyree kill. You got to pick one. Jake, I'll go to you first. Um, yeah, I think, I think Tyree kill is going to be my, my guy this week. I, this giants defense is, is a disaster. And I think what New York does on defense really plays into what Miami wants to do on offense, especially with their passing game. They want to ISO Tyree kill, get the ball to him as many times as they can. And, you know, probably score two or three times if, uh, New York looks like they, they have the last month. Uh, Graham, I'm looking for Justin Jefferson's bad game. I don't see it yet. <laughs> it's hard to find. <laughs> just, it has not happened yet. It's hard to uh, find. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, is it is it this week against the Chiefs? I mean, Kirk Cousins has been generally playing well. They didn't really need to pass the ball too yeah. much last week. And it Man, still didn't weird stop Jefferson from getting in the end zone twice. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I don't I have early projections from the Blitz. It's uh this is a Tuesday, right? It's we not, nothing's really dialed in. Uh, yeah. but the Blitz has Jefferson blowing away Tyreek Hill first class. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's Jefferson too. Uh, last week was super weird. 
right? Kirk Cousins only threw 19 passes. They only ran 44 plays in that game. Uh, Vikings are number two by pass rate over expectation. The Chiefs are number one. Uh, first three weeks, Cousins had like 44, 44, I think 46 and a half average dropbacks. I fully expect him to get back to his usual volume in this game. I mean, Chiefs, five point favorites, five and a half. You know, Je Vikings are going to have to chase. Uh, Jefferson, I think that's right. I think Jefferson at least projects as like half a point better than Tyreek um, and maybe like closer to a point and a half, just depending on how you feel about, you know, this game completely shooting out. I, I do think, you know, there's obviously a case for Tyreek is wide receiver one every single week. And I think I've made it every single week, except for this one. I, I, I really like Jefferson in this spot. Yeah, I'm just taking a look uh, that is at home. Uh, so we're trying to guess the weather for Sunday on a Tuesday uh, isn't the exact science, but there's a chance of rain in the Miami game, but it's hot. I want, I want the sun beating down on the giants. I don't, I don't want any rain or clouds or anything like that. I want, oh, I, want I want full Miami against uh, the giants getting hit by that sun all game long. Uh, all right. So there's a couple of quick thoughts from DFS. Again, it's Tuesday. Take everything with a grain of salt, tons more content here on Roto grinders over the week, tons more on fantasy points. And again, uh, the data tool on fantasy points is free this week. You don't even need an account. Just go right to the data suite and you can play around with all the cool stuff uh, we do on the show in just a minute. Uh, but first, I need to talk about our good friends over at Ticketmaster. More memories are made when you're there for live NFL action. And when you need tickets, Ticketmaster's got you covered. As the official marketplace of the NFL, Ticketmaster gives you more ways to find your perfect seat. Their interactive seat map gives you 360-degree previews of your section to make sure you have the best view of those pivotal plays. And if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. Plus, mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze, and you can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors. Find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com NFL. All right, let's get into some of these free tools. Again, you guys can play along with us at home. If you're watching on YouTube or the replay, if you're listening on the podcast, uh, check out the YouTube stream so maybe you can see what we're talking about and go play around with the data tools as well. Uh, Jake, I'm going to start with you. Uh, the O-line, D-line tool, uh, we were with Chris last week, and apparently he's the mad scientist behind all of these awesome things over at Fantasy Points. Uh, he gave us a really good rundown on it, but this is uh, this is basically the first thing I look at each week to look at hey, what are some teams I might want to take some running backs? What are some teams, quarterback, wide receiver to stack up at? Uh, where you want to start? You want to talk run game? You want to talk pass game? You got something else in mind? Yeah, let's let's start with the run game. I mean, this is just a great, you know, very simplistic tool to get a sense for the best run game and pass game matchups or the worst ones um, this week. And, you know, we, we really only use a handful of stats with this, which I think, you know, simplicity oftentimes with uh, fantasy tools, I think is really key. Um, so for, you know, our rush stuff, we use adjusted yards before contact uh, per attempt and then adjusted yards before contact per attempt allowed on the defensive end. And that basically just tells you, you know, how much of a push is the offensive line getting? How big are, how big are the holes that they're opening up uh, before, you know, enabling the running back to, you know, gain a certain amount of yardage before being touched. Um, and then we just kind of compare and contrast those two numbers. And we come up with this fantastic rush grade here. Um, and yeah, this is a great place to start for overall matchups. A lot of people just look at sort of what defenses allow without accounting for, um, you know, how good an individual offensive line is or how efficient a team may be um, running before a running back sees contact. Arizona really jumps out to me here. I don't know about you guys, but 
Um, you know, the second best rush grade in this tool, Cincinnati's run defense has been really bad this year. Bottom three in a lot of major run defense efficiency categories. I believe they're uh, the stone worst in uh, missed tackles this year. This could be the spot for James Conner. I know he's lost a little bit of usage and volume these last two weeks, but I thought that was pretty interesting. And then, I mean, we already talked about Devon Achan being hyper efficient, third best rushing matchup of the week. Um Really can't beat it. I think, you know, even 10 or 12 touches for him, he could still post a monster game. I actually had a tweet that uh, one Devon A-Chain touch this year has been worth 2.3 Tony Pollard touches or uh, three and a half Damian Pierce touches. So he's been ridiculously efficient this year. And this tool is a great way to, you know, to figure out which running backs may exceed or, um, you know, fall short of their their usual efficiency based purely on matchup. Um, looking at pass grade stuff, it should be no surprise to see the Green Bay Packers at the very top of this tool. Jordan Love has, you know, been very good at avoiding pressure, mostly thanks to his offensive line. And, and this is very important because an unpressured dropback is worth 65% more fantasy points than a pressured dropback. So just targeting quarterbacks who aren't under pressure is going to be advantageous for fantasy. Um, but yeah, this is like an awesome, super simplistic tool that we we just added. And uh, yeah, shout out to uh, my boy, Chris Wecht, because he, uh, you know, the, the way he's cooking with these tools is just incredible. I mean, he is, he's like the king behind the scenes for us. We, we all love Chris. Yeah, it's great to have Chris as a substitute for you guys when you were both uh, a little under the weather. Uh, the problem with Devon Achan is uh, they can also pass the ball again. You can do whatever you want against the New York yeah. Giants. They play <laughs> no defense. They can't block anybody. They have uh, maybe one. Uh, Robinson, uh, he looked like he had a little bit of juice out there, but this is just a, a, a bad, bad team. Uh, looking to you know, the, the total, I think it's like 10 and a half now. Uh, I haven't bet it yet, but it's it's one I'm certainly looking at personally. Uh, let's get in the weeds on some of the, the filters, the more advanced stuff. Uh, we've got what are, what are we looking at here? Because we've got we're looking at the advanced receiving tab, but from the defense perspective. Yeah, Graham, what do you want to get into here? There's just so many filters and all this other stuff you can get into. Let's give a, a look at some of the more advanced stuff that you can look at. So you could literally spend a lifetime in the data suite. You really could just looking at all our filters and all of the insane ways you can split the data. One of the biggest questions that I get in our DFS Discord yearly, at least up until this year, is how do we look at production allowed by wide receivers? So in this view. Uh, we're looking at all defenses and the production they give up just to receivers aligned out wide. And Stephen, if we could, if we could just sort by yards allowed first. I think it'd probably be the uh, the best way to do it. That's the middle of the screen there. Uh, yards per game, oh, or just yards. There we go. Yeah, yeah. Either one's fine. And if we look at the top here, we got the Vikings and the Broncos at the top. No surprise. So this is like, it's kind of intuitive, right? Like, you know, you look at matchups all day long and like jake was saying you know we're trying to just give you the data that you need to know you know the top two defenses and yardage allowed to receivers just lining out wide broncos and the vikings at the top uh, obviously this week you know we were just talking about zach wilson and whether or not we can play garrett wilson i think there's a little little bit of hope uh in that that game on uh on sunday night against the chiefs that was the best game zach wilson's ever played and obviously this is an awesome awesome matchup for Garrett Wilson, uh, we'll switch over to, we'll just look at uh, target alignment to slot receivers next. And I have an interesting data point on this Eagles defense. Um, 
So looking at all yardage allowed just to slot wide receivers, the Eagles are actually allowing the third most yards per game to slot receivers. And I think this is a function of, of scheme somewhat. Uh, Eagles obviously have a really good outside cornerback tandem. Uh, and it kind of forces defense or offenses to throw more to slot receivers. And I think this week we're going to see, you know, like we always have seen uh, last couple of weeks, Puka Nakua line up in the slot. Uh, so, you know, I think if anybody's thinking this might be a bad spot for Puka or Rams receivers, McVay has always done a good job of, of getting his guys into the slot and getting them advantageous matchups. Uh, this is just one way you can kind of you know, sort, sort and filter through all of the, the bevy of data we have. Uh, if you're looking at matchups weekly for DFS, I really do think for receivers specifically, this is the best way to go about it, splitting out production by uh, out wide and through the slot since it's two totally different uh, positions, both as a receiver and for a cornerback to cover. Uh, so we have all, we have literally all the matchups covered here. O-line, D-line, receivers, we do it all here. If uh, Cooper Cup is out, Puka is how much is he on uh, on DraftKings? They finally gave him a reasonable price bump. I saw. I think it's seventy seven hundred. Yeah, that's yeah, he's up there. Is that still or would? I think I would obviously. I think I would try to get Justin Jefferson over that. And then the Cup news is. I think it's literally up in the air. We don't. We don't have any specific take on it. To me, yeah. it seems like it's 50-50 If he's going to be back this week, I saw some quotes before the show. Uh, no real take on that, but is the 7,700 price tag? I mean, that's still pretty reasonable for a guy who's getting the amount of work and yeah. the matchup looks pretty nice against uh, the specific. Uh, if no cup. Yeah. If no cup, Puka is such a good play again, I think. I mean, that's, that's really where I'm at. And I, you know, we'll see on, on cup. Uh, there was a report this morning. I think underdog had it from Diane Rossini saying like, you know, the ramps is are like optimistic, but I mean, really it's it. You're right. It's probably 50, 50. I'll have to wait a little bit later in the week. So that was a quick look behind uh, a couple of the tools. Again, it's free on Fantasy Points. Uh, you can go right to the data suite. No login, no anything. You can just get access to it for free. The suits have allowed it. Uh, at, at least Jake says that way. So uh, get over there and check it out. Uh, one of the greatest tools. And uh, uh, honestly, for $50, uh, I told Scott, way, 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 way too cheap. Uh, but that is a, a, very, a very nice price tag if you choose to get it uh, after your free preview. Uh, all right, let's get to some early in the week bets. Uh, I'm going to start off with this one. Uh, and I teased it a little earlier. Uh, and I've got, I'll bring up my scores and odds pick on this. Uh, so we've got the Texans as two and a half. You can get two and a half on FanDuel currently as the show's going on. It's two most places FanDuel has it at two and a half as an underdog against the Falcons and the Falcons, Graham, they've literally shown nothing. They Ritter is literally the worst quarterback in the league by far. They don't really, I don't know if they don't scheme to get London and Pitts, who I think are their best two receiving weapon, weapons, the ball on offense. Maybe Ritter just can't do it. Uh, it's obviously the case with Pitts, just getting a lot of uncatchable targets, but the, the Texans, they look like a real team. Now they lost a, another offensive lineman today, so they're really hurting on the O-line. But that hasn't stopped Stroud yet, and I don't know if they're if it's going to stop them this week because they, they blew out the Jags and the Steelers. The Steelers, I will, I'll talk about them in another bet. They're, they're a team I'm going to target moving forward. They Until there's some sort of change and I see it from them in a game where I lose my bet picking against them, I'm going to be betting against the Steelers basically yeah. week right now. So the Texans just, they look like a real team with real coaching, with a real quarterback, with real wide receivers, with some players that can play defense, 
and the Falcons are the Atlanta Bijan Robinsons. There's not really much going on over there right now. So this is just uh, a game I think Vegas has wrong. Uh, I know there's home field advantage and yada, yada, yada. I don't care about any of that this week. I'm taking the Texans at plus two and a half. No problem. This is my – oh, the, the Ravens look to be in such a good spot too. I'm going to split my play of the week between them and the Ravens, which I'll talk about in just a minute. Uh, and it looks like – I don't know if you guys are copying me because you saw it, but we're all – all three of us independently <laughs> are on the Texans this week. Uh, Jake, real quick, what are you looking at with them? Yeah, so um, I wanted to grab the Houston money line plus one twelve mm-hmm. over at FanDuel. I mean, like you touched Screw on the Brent. points. Yeah, I, I I don't want the points. I just give me the plus money. Um, Atlanta dead last in the total number of catchable targets thrown. The Rams, Vikings, and Chiefs over four games have almost forty more catchable targets each. Each team than the Atlanta Falcons do. I mean, it's a total disaster. Atlanta is not built to come back um, in basically any scenario where they're playing from behind. They need to stay ahead the entire game. Uh, so, yeah, really like Houston here. I mean, we could see a hyper-efficient game from Bijan Robinson, but, man, C.J. Stroud is dealing. Desmond Ritter looks terrible. I Yeah, give me Houston all day. Graham, the NFL, right? It's not like the NBA where it's like Damian Lillard gets traded for Drew Holiday and then Drew Holiday gets traded to the Celtics. You know, none of that happens in the NFL. These people are like, they need, the Falcons need to trade for a quarterback. The Jets need to trade for a quarterback. Someone needs to trade for Jonathan Taylor. None of this happens in the NFL, unfortunately. So the Falcons are stuck with Desmond Ritter, uh, at least for a, another game or two. We'll see if uh, it's Heine- Heineke's the backup there, correct? Yeah, I kind of think we're going to see Heineke soon, man. I, I got to be completely honest. I mean, last year, I think, I hope, I shouldn't say I think, I hope Arthur Smith learned from his mistake of, you know, letting Marcus Moreto start until week 12 or 13. I mean, this is still a very, very winnable NFC South. And I mean, if if Ritter had shown a little bit of sign of like, hey, we're progressing here a little bit and like, Things are looking a little bit better, but no, I mean, he's taking more sacks. He's holding the ball longer. He should have thrown four picks against the Jags. Two were dropped. Um, yeah, it, it's a disaster. Going back to the Texans real quick, I, I'm on them for all the same reasons you are, uh, Britt. I mean, CJ Stroud's just incredible. I think they're going to get Laramie Tunsil and Titus Howard back, both starting tackles. CJ Stroud has not had either of his starting tackles all year. I, th- I think both are going to be back. Uh, Titus Howard's eligible to come off of the PUP, and I think I think Tunsil's going to be back. So that's that's huge for Houston. I, I think they should be favored in this game. So, I mean, we're, we're all in on Houston. Uh, the bet I was teasing up earlier in the show, uh, typically we, we've been betting overs on Lions home games, especially when they're favored. Uh, last seven games, Lions have played as a home favorite. Those games have averaged like 62.5 points per game, just gone off for fantasy. Uh, this week, I'm on the under. I'm on under 45 Panthers, Lions, just full fade of the Panthers. I just have no confidence in Bryce Young, no confidence in this offense. And Lions defense, like we were talking about earlier in the show, is, is legit, especially their run defense. They're, they're allowing just 2.5 yards per carry. When you take out scrambles, that's by far the, the lowest clip in the NFL. They're the only team in the NFL that hasn't allowed a rushing gain of 15 or more yards. I mean, just absolute shutdown unit. And then their pass rush is pretty damn good. I mean, they're scheming up some incredible blitzes. Aiden Hutchinson's really taken a big step forward. Uh, so under 45 is really just a full fade of, of the Panthers. Uh, real quick on the Panthers, like Bryce Young, you know, he's a he's a rookie and obviously he's got a lot of time left. But uh, through three starts, he has thrown four passes of 20 or more air yards. 
Andy Dalton in week three had seven passes of 20 more yards in one game against Seattle. Uh, for whatever reason, either Young is unwilling or unable to throw deep, and it's just like really limited this offense. So, I mean, kind of just your point, Britt, we're going to keep fading Steelers. I'm going to keep fading Panthers, uh, and I think the total is the best way to play it this week. Panthers, another they, they're out today. We need to trade for a number one wide receiver. Good luck. Only yeah. DJ Moore was still there. I mean, I don't know if he's a number one, but it's you, you just yeah. these things don't happen in the NFL. I think teams view it as too expensive, specifically in season, to do things like that. Um, so yeah, I, I could certainly get on board with that. Uh, Jake, what's something you're looking at this week? Yeah, uh, Miami minus ten and a half this week over minus one ten over at FanDuel um new york i mean geez what a disaster and i really think what new york does defensively just I'm, i touched on it with tyree kill really plays into what miami wants to do um yeah i i don't know if there's much more to say than you know i think this is going to be a total route miami's going to do whatever they want on offense and i do not have much faith in the new york giants scoring points i, I don't know how you could after the first four weeks of the season so i bet this i'm looking it up right now i bet this i think two weeks ago because I like, uh, so you can get to, if you like look ahead, this was on Caesars. Guess what I got the line at on this one? Seven? F- five and a half. I got the. Oh. <laughs> so when did a, you say you got it? This is like two weeks ago or something. Like oh that. my goodness. So, yeah. So uh, go a little note if you're a uh, sicko, uh, scroll down into the click the more games and you can go a week or two ahead in time. And if it plays out like you like, you can get some really, really insane closing line value. Uh, but yeah, the Dolphins are one. I, I have a, it's, it's not on the show, but I've teased them a little, or you take like the six and a half or the two and a half with something else. I always like getting one of those key numbers uh, with them uh, as a parlay, but I would have no problem uh, betting the 10 and a half. Uh, the other one I'm on is definitely the Ravens. I don't understand what, how is this three? It was at four and a half when I wrote it up on scores and odds. And Graham, if you could believe that a bunch of people have decided to bet the Steelers and it's now at the three and a half for the Ravens. This makes absolutely no sense to me. Maybe Kenny Pickett to Mitchell Trubisky is an upgrade, but it, at best, I think it's a lateral move. It could even be a downgrade. Pickett's been horrible. Trubisky, we know it, it, he's not it. The Steelers offense are still without Deontay Johnson. Najee Harris stinks. This is just a bad team going up against a well-coached, you're Lamar Jackson-led Baltimore Ravens. I mean, I cannot believe this is sitting at three and a half right now. Yeah, I, I'm I'm pretty surprised on that one too. Um, I mean, the only thing I can think of is like Ravens are just so beat up. I mean, they they really got lucky last week uh, starting against Dorian uh, Thompson Robinson. Uh, that's the only thing I can think of that that would make sense. You know, Bateman and Beckham are probably questionable again, and they're going to be without their two top pass rushers, I think, again. Uh, we'll, we'll see, though. Uh, one last bet that I have uh, is is Niners three and a half. Uh, I'm, I'm usually not big on spreads. I usually do not like a big spread better. I usually just make all my money off of props, but Niners three and a half really stood out to me as a strong bet. Since the start of last year, Niners are nine and one against the spread as a home favorite. Uh, their pass rush, I think, is going to uh, consume Dak Prescott in this game. I mean, Dak has always been a pretty volatile quarterback, uh, and I think he's going to struggle on the road against the Niners. Uh, I, I like the Niners closer to like five, five and a half in this game. You know, this is no disrespect to Dallas. I, I've been on Dallas all year. They're just a re- they're a, the Niners are just a significantly better team. Uh, I, I don't think three and a half will be out there for very long. So. 
Uh, I took I took it. I think at minus one ten. Yeah, minus one ten bet three six five is where I got it at. Looks like minus one hundred five on DraftKings right now, so even a little bit better of a price. Nice, uh, Jake. Uh, you looking at anything else this week here? So we've got. I'm just trying to. That looks like your two. I got one more. I got a prop. Uh, Gabe Davis. Uh, I haven't written this up yet at scores and odds, but he's at thirty nine and a half yards for his prop, and I don't. I don't understand it because it's like maybe because he is a boom bust. He is a long play wide receiver, but you look at the games. Uh, I, I had it up, but. Uh, he hit it last week. The the yeah. games he didn't, I think it was against Washington when they didn't even really need to throw the ball. And then uh, I think their first game of the season, they didn't hit it either. But it's just, it's it's a disrespectful line. If this game's even competitive, uh, I think his matchup's pretty good too. I think Diggs is probably going to be, maybe not shadowed, but have more the more difficult coverage from the Jaguars. And and uh, I, I just think that number for Gabe Davis at 39 and a half, that's literally could be one catch from him. And if he gets two catches, he's, He's probably already over that 39 and a half. I just think it's a little low for a guy uh, whose line I would probably put it like 45 and a half if I was setting the sports books. Uh, so we're going with the Texans. We're going with the Ravens and the Gabe Davis prop because that is a London game. It's out on a Tuesday night over 39 and a half. Uh, we got Graham's bets. We got Jake's bets. Let's go to the fantasy pick them. Uh, if you're in New York, uh, there is uh we might not have these too much longer. Uh, so just keep your eye out for for that. Uh, but while we still have it, we're going hard on the underdogs and on the prize picks. Uh, so my underdog, I got a five pick. It's Gabe Davis, that 39 and a half line. We looked at the Cardinals on the O-line, D-line matchups. James Conner sitting at 60 and a half. I'm going to take the over on that. Marquise Brown's only at 47 and a half, and he's the clear number one wide receiver. And against the Bengals who aren't doing anything right now, uh, I think those are two. They're they're probably anti-correlated, but whatever. I think those lines are just a little bit too low. Um, we've got Brian Robinson on Thursday, 63 and a half rush yards against Chicago. Uh, I think that's a little bit too low. Uh, I, I just think he's going to be the clear lead back in games. They can win. They're seven-point favorites. I think that 63 and a half number is a little low. And then Josh Jacobs sitting on underdog at 65 and a half rush yards. The true bell cow bounced back last week. Uh, looking for him to do it again in the matchup against the Packers, who are uh, theoretically a run funnel, and that's 65 and a half. Uh, even for a guy who hasn't looked great when you're getting 17 to 20 carries is probably just a little bit too low. So that's my five pick on underdog. Uh, Graham, what are you looking at in the fantasy pick'em streets? That Marquise Brown number is super short, man. 47 and a half is really, really low. I was just looking before the show. I think Josh Dobbs is like 199 and a half. So if you want to correlate Dobbs with Brown, that makes a lot of sense. Just going both on their overs since week one. I mean, Dobbs has been pretty solid, like not taking any sacks. He's not turning the ball over 7.4 YPA. Uh, he's scrambling a little bit, you know, uh, to keep the keep drives alive. I'm not saying Josh Dobbs is a world beater, but I think he's been a lot better than most people have given him mm -hmm. credit for. So I think that's that's super sharp. Uh, two of the ones that stood out to me, uh, I've been uh, on Christian Kirk. I was on Christian Kirk last week and is over. I'm on it again this week. 53 and a half is just a little too low. I think Zay Jones is going to be back, but Jags are going to have to throw in this spot against the Bills. Bills are five and a half point favorites. Uh, and Brandon Ayuk, 57 and a half. I don't think Ayuk should be in the 50s ever again for props. Uh, we were hammering Ayuk 49 and a half last week. Uh, it, 
easily hit. I think he had 138 yards. Some folks in our Discord had some uh, alt IUK lines, which was nice. 57 and a half. Again, way, way too low. Debo should be back in this game, but it, you know, I'm on Niners in this spot. And Brandon Ayuk is maybe one of the five or six best wide receivers of the NFL right now. That's no shade to Debo Samuel. I drafted Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk a ton in fantasy, uh, but Ayuk 57 and a half. No Trevon Diggs. Cowboys have not been great against outside wide receivers. Diggs is kind of like a boomer bust corner, but he's out. Uh, leaving Stefan Gilmore is like their only good outside corner, and IU can dust anybody. Uh, I think that game will be pretty competitive, but like I said, I, I like Niners in that game, and IU 57 and a half really stood out. Uh, one final one, I didn't, I haven't bet it yet. Uh, it was, I think, bet 365 had it at 62 and a half. I'm really thinking about taking Travis Etienne overs. Uh, I was on ETN overs in week one, haven't been on the last couple of weeks, but Bills are the worst run defense in the league by explosive plays allowed. And ETN hasn't had uh, any explosive plays yet, but he's just, you know, waiting for one big run. Bills are allowing the most yards per carry. Uh, so ETN 62 and a half. I think it was on bet 365. I think I might take that once I get off the show here. Yep, I'm getting that on FanDuel. I don't have bet 365. Over 62 and a half minus 115. That's- he's also available on uh, both price picks and yeah, median golf. projection for him is like 76 and a half, 75 mm-hmm. and a half, something like that. So yeah, nice little yeah. value. Jake, what are you looking at? I see you're uh you're in alignment with both me and Graham on certain plays. Yeah, so I got Trevor Lawrence over 249 and a half passing yards. The Jags are tied for the league lead in drops, and Lawrence production has taken a notable hit because of it. But he's playing really well. He's actually PFF's second highest graded quarterback this year. I think this line is just way too low relative to how he's playing, and you know, especially when you factor in the drops. Also, like Christian Kirk, over 54 and a half over on underdog. Um, Doug Peterson, notoriously good at playing matchups, and the Bills are very tough against outside wide receivers so far, but they've been mediocre against the slot. So feeling like a Christian Kirk game to me this week, Gabe Davis over 39 and a half. I mean, you already touched on it, Britt. Way too low of a prop for Gabe Davis here. Um, Jacksonville is also one of the 10 softest schedule adjusted matchups for outside wide receivers. So solid spot for Gabe. Um, and then Tyree kill over 89 and a half. I mean, like I said, he crushes the blitz crushes man coverage. That's all New York runs. Uh, you rewind a week. His prop was like 15 yards higher. Uh, now after the dud, you get a nice little discount. And then Anthony Richardson over 206 and a half passing yards. Obviously Richardson, you know, mostly regarded as a, as a runner. He's a strong thrower though. And this Tennessee matchup should force him to throw a ton, even if Indianapolis gets out to an early lead, they're not going to be able to run very efficiently against one of the league's toughest run defenses. So I think Anthony Richardson, even if he isn't super efficient as a passer, will probably just get there on raw attempts. Well, that does it for the week five prime points show some DFS, some sports betting, some fantasy pick them, some overall thoughts. We try to cover it all for you early uh, in the week on a Tuesday And as the week progresses, I'll let the other shows handle the heavy lifting with the more specifics of the DFS slate. Uh, Again, go check out Fantasy Points, the data suite. It's free for week five. Uh, You won't be able to get it come uh, Monday or Tuesday morning next week. Uh, So make sure to go play around in there. If you need quick tutorials, just rewatch the show a little bit and you'll be able to see digging through the filters and all that fun stuff. Uh, Again, a great tool. Happy uh, to see them make it free for everybody. And that's it. Everybody have fun uh, out in week five. Your DFS lineups might not look great, but may they be great at the end of the day. For Graham and Jake, I'm Britt. Thanks for watching, everybody, and we out you.